When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. If you're a jeanspage.com subscriber, and you certainly should be, I've already posted some maroon bones, probably kind of an expanded edition. I started writing and couldn't stop. I guess I went about 1,100 words, so not your typical updates. I got a little more in-depth and shared some things I've learned here as of late, so you can go check that out. And the Bones, of course, are about recruiting, Mississippi State's recruiting. We'll get into some of that later in the show. A lot to talk about. It's an important day in our nation's history. There's some things that have happened in recent days that have, uh, I don't know if I would say irritated me, but uh, they've caused me to um, to maybe frown just a bit. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but be that as it may, we had some football last night. Kansas City with Chris Jones and Willie Gay. It's a big win to open the season, and I tell you, now that they've got Cloud Edwards-Hilaire, you begin to think, goodness, you know, could Kansas City's offense have been any better? And now you think Patrick Mahomes might be even better with a consistent running threat. I thought Cloud Edwards was great last night, known Cloud a long time. He and my oldest daughter went to school for many years, and uh, she, he was among her best friends when they were growing up. And so we're really happy for him. I've talked about that on the show before. Even though he played at LSU, I always pulled for him. Even 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 I wanted to beat them. I wanted him to have a good game. And uh, great young man from a great family. It's great to see him have some success, and to see Chris Jones pick up a couple sacks last night. Willie Gay, of course, made his uh, NFL debut. We've got a lot to be excited about. If you're Mississippi State fans, you've got a lot to to cheer for when it comes to pro sports. You know, we hadn't always been in in this situation, and I say we enjoy it as long as we can. I don't know how long all this is going to last, and so I'm going to enjoy every single minute of it. I want to remind you, too, our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show, man, and uh, and with good reason. Had Bulldog Burger Company a couple days ago. It is great. Ian and the crew there do a wonderful job. You're not going to find a better place to break bread, bread and Starkville than, than Bulldog Burger Company. And the best thing about it is there's so much range there. What I mean by that is it could be date night. It could be friends night. It could be family night. You can do whatever you want to do. You can have uh, adult beverage. You can have a chocolate shake to go. You can have a hamburger. You can have a great salad. You can have a lot of different things. But you got to have the spring rolls. I mean, there's no reason not to. If you're going to go to Bulldog Burger Company, you got to get the spring rolls. It's kind of like, you know, on your way to the ball game, you got to stop by and do a little Bulldog shopping. Same thing. When you go to Bulldog Burger Company, it would almost be sacrilege to not get the spring rolls. Bulldog Burger Company, two locations now to serve you. The flagship right here on University Drive in Start Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Great people, great food, great prices, great atmosphere. You're going to love it. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So, I would be remiss. Uh, I, it's been, I, I tell you, it's been one of those days today that, uh, you know, it's the 19-year anniversary of 9-11. And uh, there's been a lot of people that have posted their remembrances and that sort of stuff. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of that. Because uh, I think there there's some lessons that we learned then that maybe we have forgotten since that we need to be reminded of. And so I've seen these things today. I saw Ben Portnoy put out a, 
a finger-painting thing that he did. And I forget sometimes how much younger these guys on the beat are than me. And now that Dave Murray's moved to North Carolina, I guess I'm the old man. I'm the old man. I, nobody's been on the beat longer than me, I guess, Paul Jones. And, um, you know, we're, we're the same age. And so I guess we're now the salty veterans. But, um, but be that as it may, 9-11, like all of you, was one of those things we never saw coming. And there were some people in hindsight that said, you know what, we, we probably should have seen this coming. But uh, it was a horrific day. I remember I was getting dressed for work, and uh, I always had the news on those days. I never watch the news anymore, unless there's like a you know, time of national emergency or something. I, I don't watch the news because life is too short and death is too certain to constantly uh, have people ramming their values and uh, their bad news down my throat. I just find there's other things to invest my time in. You may be a cable news person, and uh, I love you just the same, but I uh, I used to be obsessed with cable news, and I would watch it from the time that I got home to the time that I went to bed and sometimes even watch the replay, and I just found that I was making myself sick. And uh, But one of the things that I, you know, back when all this happened, I was glad that I was somewhat in tune with what was happening around the world, and I remembered it's like it was yesterday. So sitting there watching the news, and all of a sudden the uh, you know the video of the, the first tower being hit pops up, and they're trying to explain it away. They're trying to say, well, it looks like you know there was a, you know, some type of a collision here, or you know, there was a plane that uh, crashed into the World Trade Center. We're not exactly sure, you know, what the motivation was. And at that point, nobody was re- really willing to take it to a terrorist attack just yet. And uh, just as one reporter said, you know, we hope and pray this is not a deliberate attack on our country and then just as he says that the second plane hits the second tower and it was such a surreal moment to sit there and watch it all and uh, my initial thought was I want to get my kids my kids were at school and I and I, I wanted to get them they did dismiss school that day and in hindsight I think you know what you know maybe that was a bit much but you know what I wanted to have my kids with me and and um, you know so I went and got them and uh, and brought them home and it's one of those things, too, as a parent, you, know, you, you always think about yourself and you think about the things you got to do to stay healthy and that sort of stuff. But I began to really think about, you know, what kind of world will my children be inheriting when I'm gone? You know, and my oldest son at the time, you know, he was, uh, I can't remember how old he was, but he was in uh, elementary school. And I remember thinking, you know, if this thing turns into some world war and lasts for decades, there's a good chance that he may have to go and fight and even die for our country. And uh, it was a very sober reality for me, and I guess I, I am a bit of a classic overthinker, but I always think about all the possibilities, and it gave me a tremendous amount of respect for our military family, so I always had that. But uh, I remember thinking when all that was going on, I thought, you know, it's one thing to be in the military during peacetime. That's not to say it's, a, it's not a difficult job, because it always is. Peacekeeping is a difficult job. But in times of war, you know, the risks are much greater. And there are a lot of people that volunteer to go be a part of that, to defend you and I. And I I think they always are worthy of our praise and respect. Always. Always. But in those days, I remember, you know, we passed people in uniform and stuff. and And I just felt a sense of obligation to tell them, thanks for your service. Because they're doing a job that I didn't want to do. You know, I guess if, if we're thrust into it, we all would defend our families. But uh, these people signed up and volunteered to go. But uh, it was such a horrific event. You all, those of you who lived it, remember all that. But the thing that I remember, too, as much as I remember 9-11, I remember 9-12. Because on that day, many of us stopped worrying about the things that truly don't matter. 
you know, we didn't worry so much about our differences because here was the deal. We were all a group of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles that said, you know what, we got kids we got to take care of. Are we at risk? And I, I submit to you, in the days that followed 9-11, we made something great out of something horrific. Nothing will ever bring those lives back. Nothing will ever change the, uh, the scar on our very souls. But the bottom line was we became united as a people for the first time and one of the only times in my entire life. I, it was somewhat reminiscent of when I was in, I was in college and we, uh, you know, we had Desert Storm, and that was really the first major military excursion you know, of, of my lifetime. Of course, we'd had some things you know, with Iran and Grenada, that sort of stuff. We'd just send some troops in, go over there, handle business, and get back. But uh, it was different with Desert Storm because I had friends and classmates and you know acquaintances that were in the National Guard or in the military that were activated and had to go over and, and fight in the Middle East. And so it was a little more personal. And so I remember you know riding around town and seeing all the yellow ribbons all around town. And I remember thinking, man, listen to how, how wonderful this is, the support that we are we're having for troops. And I hope that they knew it. I hope they knew how much we were all praying for them and how much we thought of them and how much we loved them and how much we appreciated them. I remember going to local McDonald's and stuff, and everybody in there has got on their buttons, you know, the little yellow ribbon buttons that say, until they all come home. And I remember thinking, you know what, this was really nice. As bad as all of this is, it was necessary, but, uh, you know, we had friends and relatives and people in harm's way. And so it kind of makes you remember, you know what, it, maybe that little discussion on Facebook isn't quite as important as it once was. You know, there are people out there that are struggling with much bigger things than uh, matters of opinion. And so when after, after 9-11, people still brought out their uh, American flags. There were people all around the country. You know, and I remember myself, I went and bought the, the little American flag you put on your window, and, you, and I rode around with it all the time. And you, there, there was nowhere you could go in this country without people showing acts of patriotism. It's like, you know, we're in this thing together. We can set our differences aside for a while and kind of unite against a common enemy because we have been attacked on home soil our way of life has been threatened. Our children have been threatened. And thousands and thousands of people were lost. And all of a sudden, those other things didn't matter. It didn't matter who you voted for. You know, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter what your political affiliation was. It didn't matter where you went to church. It didn't matter who you cheered for. Because all, all of a sudden, we were all in the same boat. We might have gotten there in different ships, but we were all in the same boat then. I remember I'd written an article back in those days. I was writing the Robertson Report, where basically a pick'em column for Jeans Page, and uh, didn't get to use it that week, obviously. And uh, I remember, you know, they rescheduled everything, and then we played South Carolina on Thursday night. We, and South Carolina was the first team to fly. And I remember they had the patriotic service, and uh, they had the big flag out there. And and for everybody that was in attendance, and I imagine for millions around the world watching that game, I had tears in my eyes because I thought, you know what? This is what they tried to take from us. You know, they wanted to take our lives, wanted to take our way of life, wanted to take uh, away the things that we hold precious. And uh, we lost the ball game, and it was really kind of beginning of the end, kind of let the air out of the, out of the balloon, or the Jackie Sherrill balloon, uh, for, you know, for us. But I remember thinking how proud I was that the first game was the Mississippi State game, that we had a, had a hand in helping the nation heal. And so I think about all those things, and I begin to think about, you know, what happens, what happened to all of that? What happened to all the patriotism? And so don't, don't tweet me or anything and say, oh, well, it's, 
our former president or our current president. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. Because nobody out there, nobody in the world can change what is in my heart. Nobody. Nobody can say, you know what, this person's policies and politics has made me uh, you know, become no longer a fan of my home. And uh, it's very sad to me that nearly 20 years ago, you know, we had people around the world that were celebrating our demise and the attack and were chanting death to America. And then today we have Americans chanting death to America. It just boggles the mind, really, to think, you know, basically in less than a generation's time, we have gone from probably the most fierce patriotism of my lifetime to a time when it's so basically fragmented. I'm not trying to get political with you here in any way whatsoever. I'm not. I don't care who you vote for. I just hope you go vote. But the bottom line is this, is that, um, you know, when these things happen, you know, that's when things really begin to change. You know, we, we begin to kind of take an inventory of where we are and who we are and what we're really about. And I remember Pat Tillman, you know, left an NFL career. He's a, you know, starting strong safety for the Arizona Cardinals and volunteered to go join the military and went over to fight for our freedom. And there were a lot of people that were inspired to do the same, to go defend us and defend our rights to live our lives as the way we choose. If we want to sleep late and, uh, you know, smoke Roy Tans or whatever, uh, that's up to us. But I have such a tremendous amount of respect for the people that give me that right. I'm not a person that uh, requires a lot. You know, I got this big living room. I got some things around here to entertain me. Long as the uh, long as the bills are paid and the groceries keep coming, I can kind of make do with everything else. I don't need a lot to make me feel special. That's what you guys, where you guys come in, I guess. But uh, you know, I enjoy the work that we do. But uh, I'm so grateful to have been born in Mississippi and to be born into a Levite tribe of sorts. Um, you know, people that had values. And, uh, you know, I'm the grandson of a minister and, and great-grandson of a minister. And um, my brother married a missionary's daughter. Didn't work out, but nevertheless, you know. Uh, and so there are a lot, we, were, we were raised to respect people. Even if we didn't like people, we were, we were raised to respect them. And that's one of the things that I think we've kind of lost sometimes. And I always think about my grandma, uh, Margaret Jo Selman. We called her Mamma Selman, and she was the person doing it. When, it. when my life was falling apart, I could be hanging by a thread, and I would always call her. And she always could make me feel better, and she would always say, Baby, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And there were some days I would give anything to be able to pick up the phone and call her and have her tell me again, Baby, it's going to be all right. You know, I've kind of learned on my own that, you know what, she's right. It is going to be okay. It is all going to be all right. But the lessons that I learned sitting in her lap as a kid at 608 Branton Avenue in Columbia, Mississippi, are things that sustain me today. That's the things that I, I go back and think, you know, how, how could this woman who got married at 16 years of age, uh, I don't even know if she finished high school, but she got her GED and went back and went to college and ultimately got her master's degree and uh, began a business, a personal care home, taking care of uh, mentally retarded people because she had a heart for other people. She reinvented herself. But before she was any of that, before she was uh, you know, well-educated, she was my grandmother. And I lived with her until I was eight years old. And one of the things that she used to always tell us, and when Sylvester Croom said this on his, uh, his documentary one time, it, it was just the same thing that my grandmother had told me. Because I, I was a kid that, you know, we didn't have a whole lot. We were as broke as the Ten Commandments, man. We had nothing. My grandpa was a preacher and a carpenter. 
My grandmother was at home. We didn't have anything. We had next to nothing, but we had each other. And sometimes I'd go to school and I didn't have as much. And sometimes, you know, I would come home and I would think, well, I don't, why can't I have these things? And then I remember she told me, and this is one of those things too, that those, there are some, I've got a lot of tattooed on my body, but this is tattooed on my heart. And she said, you know what? And she used to call me Stephen. Nobody calls me Stephen anymore. But uh, she said, baby, nobody, you are better than nobody, but nobody's better than you. It, the first part of it I kind of already understood. It took me a long time to get the second part of that. Nobody's better than me. Nobody's more capable than me. There may be some people that may be better looking than me, more talented than me, maybe smarter than me, but they're not better than me because I have value and I understand that what I bring to the table. And so because of that, that lesson learned there, there's so many things that I think about in life is that there are so many other people that have it better than me and some people that have it worse than me. But at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to make it. Everybody's just trying to make it through life, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, raise the kids, and try to find some you know, source of happiness. I, I get that. And those are the things that I want for myself. You know, that's the thing we talk about, uh, the, the inalienable rights of uh, you know, this country. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I, I say that because uh, I want to talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. I watched the. I took the night off from chat and watched the Kansas City game with the Houston Texans. I want and people say, "How dare could you watch the NFL?" Well, I like football. You know, I, I like football. I, I don't have to agree with everybody's politics to enjoy their talent. Uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine is one of my favorite bands of all time, and I don't think Tom Morello would ever agree on any political issue. But I respect the fact that that guy is extremely talented, and I love the music, and I love the fact that they're in your face. I love the fact that they let their voice be known. And uh, they are using their platform, even though they hadn't recorded an album forever in a day, uh, to get their, their, their point out. Even if I don't agree, I respect people that let their voice be known. And so with that in mind, yesterday, you know, they had the, um, the moment of unity. And then some people are being so critical of that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Let's pump the brakes on all that criticism. And let me tell you why. Because here's the deal. If you want to celebrate the right to go kneel or to demonstrate or to protest or to, quote, make your voice be heard, then you also have to respect the rights of other people that may not agree with you. And so when these people gathered, uh, you know, I, I think initially the Houston Texans weren't going to come out for the anthem and uh, they had the moment of unity, hey, which I thought was great. I, you know, I, I wish we could just play football, but, uh, but hey, you have the moment. And then other people booed. Well, those people who booed have just as much right to boo and complain as you do to kneel. That's the thing that makes America great. That's the thing that I think about is, you know, I want the right to be able to express myself, but I want you to have that same right. I want you to be able to say, you know what, even if I don't agree with you, I want you to have the freedom to express yourself uh, as healthy as you can. As long as it doesn't negatively impact other people, then I'm saying, hey, go do it. You know, it's the whole, uh, you know, majority rule, minority rights thing. You know, I I'm, I'm believe in that concept. I, I think, you know, one of the things that you should be able to do, if you want to go march, uh, I will vote and support and defend your right to go do that, no matter what causes you're going for. Listen, there have been marches all over Starkville here for the last few years. I haven't attended, attended any of them. It doesn't mean that I don't always support the cause, but I'm a pretty busy person. That's not to make an excuse, 
But I support those that get out there and do it, even the ones I don't agree with. I don't have to agree with you to respect you. You don't have to agree with me to respect me. You don't even, not even like me. And that's okay too. I'm going to get up tomorrow and, f- and feel exactly the same way about myself tomorrow as I do today. And so when those people boo, it's so funny. If people say, well, how disrespectful. Well, the flip side of that is there's, there's some people that say, you know what? Look at you disrespecting our flag. And again, you've got the right to do so. But let's not be so sensitive. If we're out here so, you know, obnoxiously at times celebrating our own rights, we can't be critical of other people doing the same just because they disagree with us. And those are the things that are all over social media today. Oh, this is shameful. You know what? There are some people that would think that some of the things that you do are shameful. I didn't realize that we were doing them to win in the court of public opinion. Those are the things that kind of make me scratch my head. If I believe something, I don't need your approval to validate my opinion. If this is what I believe in, then this is what I believe in, whether you do or don't. There are a lot of people that think, well, since I don't have it, it must not exist. I don't agree with that. But the bottom line is this. is either we're, and I hate to assign motive to anybody. I think that's where you get in trouble. But if we're doing it because we believe in it, it shouldn't matter the attention that we get, positive or negative. If you're going to get out and do things that are controversial, you better be ready to deal with the criticism. You better be, have some thick skin. Because what happens is when I, when I read these people that are, that are complaining, I say, well, I can't believe they would do this. Well, you know, the same, the same standard applies to you. If you want to live life on your own terms, you've got to be willing to crash and burn, as the poet laureate Nikki Six once wrote. But I get a little frustrated with all of that. It's like, well, I want my rights, but I don't want you to have them. And we've talked about this on the show a few times. But it's just, you know, I, I celebrate the freedom of all Americans. That's how I feel. And, I, and I'm a firm believer in, you know, we all got to be free. But it's like, there are things that are going to happen in life that I don't agree with. There are people that are going to have opinions in life that I don't agree with. And you know what? That is okay. I've still got to get up and write the mortgage check on the first of the month. That is okay. I don't need everybody to like me. I don't need everybody to agree with me because I can assure you I don't agree with everybody either. But I don't get up in arms and, and get ready to fight because somebody shares a different opinion than me. And so all of that said, I thought the game was good. I thought Chris Jones played well, and I, I was really happy uh, to see our guys out there and kind of running around doing some things. And uh, you know, it was good to see football again. And, and you know, I hate that B-Mac had to take a loss, but uh, you know, B-Mac's had a great career at, at Houston, and he is one of their guys. And uh, hope those guys can turn it around and have a big year. But uh, it's so funny how we've had such an intersect with all this stuff errors of late. But uh, if I haven't belabored the point long enough, let me tell you, I respect your right to believe whatever you want to believe and to express those beliefs in whatever safe way possible. Do what you want to do. Fly whatever flag you want at your house, put it on your, your car or whatever, vote for whoever you want to. But respect other people and respect their rights to do so. All right, let's get into a uh, top ten list, and uh, I'm excited about this one. It's one of my favorite bands. And the top ten list today is brought to you by my bookie. New customers receive a 100% deposit match. Depo- double your deposit up to $1,000. Put in 100 bucks, get an extra $100 to play with. It is summertime, which means it is your season of winning. Uh, my bookie only means big things for you. Uh, you can double your first deposit. Uh, you get free bets, super contest, survivor, and much more. My bookie winning season is all about your chance to win big. 
but NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sport, some of your lifetime is finally here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition and select from hundreds of future bets or you can get games in real time with my bookies live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code Boneyard and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet on. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await you. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie and use promo code Boneyard to uh, activate that offer. Today's top 10 suggestion comes from our friend uh, Seth Kuhl. Uh, Seth, if I said it wrong, please forgive me. Seth, you can find him on Twitter at Seth Kuhl, K-U-H-L, out of Bartlett, Tennessee. Uh, Swinger of Swords is his uh, Twitter name. So there you go. So Seth reaches out and says, hey, man, love the top 10 list. How about Alter Bridge? And so let me go ahead and give you a little backstory with Alter Bridge. So Alter Bridge is basically Creed with a new singer, a better singer, one of the greatest singers of our generation, Miles Kennedy. And so the very first album was a lot of work that Mark Tremonti and the guys had put together for a potential Creed album. And then, of course, they fired Scott Stapp, wanted to rebrand the band, and they found Miles Kennedy. And uh, the rest, they say, is rock and roll history. And so that first album, uh, One Day Remains, was pretty much kind of written with Creed in mind. And uh, that's before Miles was playing guitar with the band, so he didn't write a lot of the stuff. The album was pretty much finished. He just sang on it, and it became a huge hit. Uh, there are a few bands in my life that can bring me to tears, but uh, Alter Bridge is one of them because I can feel Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti's very spirit in the words that they share. It resonates with me. And uh, I'm so blessed. Years ago, matter of fact, on my drive to Starkville, when I was moving up here, Miles Kennedy and Slash were in the... Uh, Sirius XM studios and they were fielding calls and I got to call in I got to go on the radio and I didn't have a question I just wanted to tell Miles Kennedy that uh, I am a firm believer that there is a little piece of God in all of us and when he sings the little piece of God in him sings to me and I hear it and I feel it I feel it deep within my soul and and I know there are many people out there that you have artists that you feel the same way about Uh, but it meant so much to me to be able to share that. And then I had a dear friend that sent me a poster of Slash and Miles Kennedy and the New Conspirators autographed. And it is one of my most prized possessions. And uh, it's one of the last things that I look at every day when I go ready to leave the house. Because it means something to me. And so, so Seth, when you mentioned Alter Bridge, you didn't realize what you were stumbling upon. But uh, this is kind of the soundtrack of my life in many respects. When I am in, when I am dealing with something, I listen to a lot of Alter Bridge because uh, their words bring comfort to me. And so I've got a lot of, I I could talk all day because there are no bad Alter Bridge songs. They're just some I like more than others. But uh, here are uh, my honorable mentions. Broken Wings, All Ends Well, Pay No Mind, My Champion, Wouldn't You Rather, Metalingus, which is the the walkout song for Edge for all of you uh, rockers out there and wrestling fans. Um... I know it hurts off, off AB3, but uh, one of, I almost put this on the list, and I, I've, I have considered when I write the recovery book, when I write about you know, my path to recovery and kind of a life's lessons, you know, 30 years worth of life lessons in sobriety, I might name it this, 
just because the song means so much to me, but it's down to my last, and it's on the very first album, and it's one of those songs that, uh, you know, down to my last, could be anything, down to my last drink, down to my last chance, uh, you know, down, down to my last opportunity to turn this thing around, and so it's one of those songs, when I hear it, it, there's there's this involuntary lump in my throat and so if you don't know Alter Bridge you absolutely should and so here are my top 10 and many of these are not singles so th- that's how you know I'm a real fan because most of my favorite Alter Bridge songs are not the ones that you've heard on the radio that's the thing about great bands is that the singles just kind of lure you in and then the album changes your heart and that's that's kind of how it is with Alter Bridge but uh, one of my favorite songs and this probably could have gone higher on the list, but it's a brand new start. It's off the Blackbird album. And uh, I love the lyrics on it. He talks about um, we will make a brand new start from the pieces torn apart. It's, there are so many times in my life that that has been applicable to me. And uh, I love the whole part about let the highway take us in. Cause I love a road trip. I love putting on some road tunes and just kind of isolating because I'm so exposed so many times. It's nice to be able to kind of retreat and just kind of let the – Alter Bridge Serenade Me. Number nine, one of those songs that I kind of discovered by accident. I was It was really a low point in my life, and I was really dealing with some things that were pretty heavy, and and, uh, and I kind of accidentally, I was on the phone, and I had turned the radio down, and I was listening to that Alter Bridge 3 CD, and I uh, turned the volume back up after I got off the phone, and uh, the song was playing, and it has become one of my favorite songs of all time, but it's a song called Life Must Go On. And... Um, I have said before, if I ever had any lyrics tattooed, it would be this one. Might even do it over my heart, because that song it was such a turning point for me. I, I began to kind of listen to it; it became therapy for me. Uh, and that's one of the things that I love about great music. It's like at different points in your life, it means different things to you. But life must go on. It's one of those songs that is always with me, whether I am listening to it or not. It's like the message in it is always with me. And the part that my, I love the chorus when he says. Uh, the sun always sets, the moon always falls. If it feels like the end, pay no mind at all. Just keep rolling. And uh, it is a great tune. If you don't listen to anything else I tell you today, go listen to that song, Life Must Go On. If you're dealing with something today, go listen to Life Must Go On by Alter Bridge. Number eight, this was a big hit for them, and it's Ghost of Days Gone By. It reminds me of uh, my friends back home. You know, it's like I think about all the people that I grew up with and, and some that have kind of moved on and... and uh, Many have died, but uh, Ghost of Days Gone By takes me back to Columbia, Mississippi, and to younger days and simpler times. Number seven, one of the most inspirational songs in the catalog is Rise Today. I absolutely love this tune. Uh, it's on my workout playlist. It's one of those songs that uh, it, it will get your heart pumping for sure. Number six, the very first single, Open Your Eyes. Great tune. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. 
You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. They still play it live. Uh, when you get a chance to go see them, the, the, the chorus on this one just explodes. Number five, one of my absolute favorites, Addicted to Pain, off the Fortress album. It's one of those, when I first heard it, I said, this is one of the best songs of the year. And I think a second time through, I said, this is the best song of the year. I love the way it opens. It explodes. It's so incredibly well written. Uh, if you want a song to kind of get you motivated, that's it, Addicted to Pain. Number four, and a lot of the, the rest of these uh, really have some special meaning to me. I mentioned my memo Selma earlier. Uh, when I used to think about her, I used to go watch the live version of In Loving Memory, which is a song that Mark Tremonti wrote about his mother when she passed. And I go watch the live version of that uh, when they played at Wembley. And it just, it, it, I feel like in that moment, I'm kind of connected with her. Number three, uh, I actually have a Blackbird tattoo, but it's the song Blackbird. I got the Blackbird tattoo when my dad passed. It's for my dad. Um, and, the, and that's one of those songs, too, that uh, it's about death and remembrance and about respect. And so that is, to me, that is my dad's song. Um, number two, and this is a song, I've probably listened to this song more than any song in my life, maybe, but it's Watch Over You by Alter Bridge. And I actually love, you can only find it on YouTube, but there is a version, there's a duet with Miles Kennedy and uh, Christina Scabia, who's from Lacuna Cole, on YouTube. You can find Watch Over You, uh, 
watch over you with uh, Christina Scabia. And um, it is tremendous. I think it works really well as a duet. But it was a song that was also on Celebrity Rehab. It's about recovery. And it's about a person that's just ready to give up on the, the addict. And uh, it's one of those things that there are different points of my life. I have either been the person that's ready to give up or I have been the person that was to be given up on. And so Watch Over You is a tremendous song. They still play it live. And every time that I hear it, I get chills because it means so much to me. But number one for me, my favorite, and I had to go with a rocker. It would almost be disrespectful to only go with the Bowens, even though Miles Kennedy is such a tremendous songwriter. But it's Isolation. Isolation uh, off the AB3 album. I have said before that that guitar solo from Mark Tremonti, if a rattlesnake ever learned how to play guitar, that's what it would sound like. It is so next level. I love the tune, love the lyrics. There's just nothing about it. And I, and I, love, I love every every Alter Bridge album. I do think the last two have kind of been a little more progressive than um, than what they're kind of known for. I'm eager to see what the new stuff sounds like. But, uh, you know, Walk the Sky and um, you Show Me a Leader, they, they were a little bit different uh, than what we've seen before. And so... I'm excited about what is to come, but uh, if you are not an Alter Bridge fan, you darn well should be. There's so much versatility in that catalog. Uh, Mark sings on a couple songs too, but it's one of those things that the, if you need a great ballad, they've got it. If you need a song of inspiration, they've got it. If you need a song just to sit around and let it minister to you while you're hurting, they've got that too. All right, our friends at DraftKings, you need to uh, be a part of that. You know, that, that whole deal ended yesterday, the little contest. But uh, you can still use the promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. Uh, now's the time to celebrate. Football's finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons you should be excited. Uh, they had the, the big thing last night. We'll have a new program next week. But uh, go download the DraftKings app, and you go pick your, your players and uh, – you got a chance to win some money. It's as simple as that. And a lot of people are kind of involved with that. They want to add some intrigue to the games they watch. So use promo code Boneyard, and that will unlock some savings for you and uh, really kind of add some value to the ball game for you. If you need something else to kind of get you going on game day, DraftKings can help you. DraftKings, uh, probably the experts in uh, one-day fantasy sports. And you know, if, if, if you're like me, I can't really commit to a league – but I still like to play every now and again, and that's what DraftKings does for you. You can join leagues, but if you just want to do, you know, one-day thing, like, you know what, I got time to deal with this today. Let me just put a few bucks up and see if I can't make a little scratch. DraftKings, absolutely the way to go. Be sure to use Boneyard as the promo code to unlock some savings uh, for you. Again, that's DraftKings app. Go download it today. They'll be happy to take care of you. So let's get into uh, a couple other things before we get out of here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Skip Bayless stuff. And uh, for those of you that are unaware, let me explain. Skip Bayless is on uh, Fox Sports with Shannon Sharp. They have their little show. Skip makes a lot of hot takes. A lot of them are stupid. But you know what? I don't begrudge anybody that. I'm sure there are many of you that have disagreed with me over stuff, and that's okay. But uh, Skip really crossed the line yesterday when uh, Dak Prescott had come out and said that, uh, you know, he'd had to go to counseling. He dealt with some depression earlier this year. And uh, those of you that know the situation well understand that uh, Jace Prescott, Dak's brother, killed himself. And it sent Dak into a dark depression. And let's just forget the fact that it's Dak and how much we love and respect Dak, okay? If this happened to any of us, if any of us 
had someone that we loved, and certainly a sibling, that killed themselves, it would mire us in a depression that would be difficult to recover from. And as Dak said yesterday, it kind of went back to, uh, you know, Jace was there with Miss Peggy in the final days of her illness. You know, Dak is up here at Mississippi State trying to help us win football games. Of course, his heart was back in Houghton, Louisiana. But Jace was there with Miss Peggy. You know, when she was vomiting and dealing with chemo and all this kind of stuff, he was there. And Dak says he just never really recovered from it. And that's the thing that I think about, too, if you're Dak. And I don't know how Dak feels, but I can only begin to imagine how he must feel thinking, okay, here I am about to sign this big contract, and I can take care of my family. You know, my mom is not here to provide, but I am here, and I can do what I can to ensure that my brothers are in a much better situation. And then on the eve of all of that, just as Dak is about to kind of get these things resolved and, and cash in big time, Jace kills himself. And I don't know what Dak's feeling, but I, I'm sure it's one of those things you go through and you think, well, I could have done more, or why couldn't I have saved him? And so you have those questions, and you go talk to other people about it. And people forget that Dak Prescott was a sports psychology major here at Mississippi State. So he's this is a guy that understands the benefit in counseling. And so he goes and deals with it. And Skip Bayless basically said that Dak Prescott wouldn't fit to lead because he had shown weakness. Uh, I, I disagree. I, I think Dak has shown strength. I think we show strength by admitting we have weakness. There are a lot of people out there that walk around with this false sense of bravado uh, that covers up an inferiority complex. And you know, the fact that Dak was open about this, my hope is, will make it easier for some people to talk about it. So you know what? I'm not doing well. I need to go talk to somebody. I need to go sit down and talk to somebody and work through these issues. Because here's the thing about depression, and I've been there. And I know many of you have as well. It's a club I don't want to be in, uh, but I've done well you know, for several years. But uh, when you have traumatic things that happen in your life, it is only human nature to have a season of depression. But what happens is it makes you feel like it's your all along and that your problems are, are unique to you, that nobody else has ever dealt with this type of pain and anguish. And sometimes going and sitting down talking to somebody will kind of reset the meter a little bit. You have a chance to go sit down and say, you know what? I'm not the only person that has had my dad die. It was horrific for me. And even to this day, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier about how much I miss him. I miss the wisdom. I miss the things that he could share with me and to kind of lead me in the right direction. He told me one time, and I shared this with my buddy Brandon earlier. You know, when I was coaching soccer, coaching my oldest son, and, uh, and he was phenomenal. Still phenomenal. Could still probably go out there and beat most of you in soccer. But he was he was arguably the best soccer player in his age group in the city of Baton Rouge. I think we scored 29 goals that year. He had 25 of them and an assist on three of the four. And the one that he didn't assist on was a PK in front of the kid. I won't say he was a ball hog because, uh, you know, we just destroyed everybody else. But, um, you know, one day I was just talking about, you know, when – Whenever Ani would go out and score a goal or two, I would I'd take him out of the game. And I remember my dad said, you know, I wouldn't want to play for you. I'm like, what were you talking about? We're undefeated. We're blowing people out. He goes, no, nah, if, I, if I was Ani, I wouldn't want to play for you because you're a bad coach. And I was just absolutely floored. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a bad coach. I'm winning big. 
He goes, yeah, but as soon as your own kid does exactly what you tell him to do, which is put the ball in the net, you take him out of the ball game. If I was him, I'd stop scoring. That way I could keep playing. And so I changed my whole attitude about that. So then we'd get a couple goals, I'd put him back on defense, you know. But having access to that level of wisdom is something that you take for granted when you're a young man. And I'm sure Dak must feel the same way. You know, Miss Peggy was always there to take care of he and his teammates and was at every ball game, no matter the weather, the situation, or whatever. She was always there. Even when she was sick, she did her best to be there. And to lose that comfort, to lose your biggest cheerleader, is not only detrimental for, for Dak, but it's devastating for the entire group of brothers. And so for Dak to go through all of that and then to lose his brother on top of it, kind of as kind of collateral damage, you know, kind of a continuing action of his mother dying. You know, Jace is mired in depression and then ultimately takes his life. And then Dak and and Thad are just kind of left to kind of pick up the pieces and move on. And for a national member of the media to try to hot take that and try to suggest that uh, Dak is somewhat weak because he admitted there might be a chink in the armor. Uh, I, I think, you know, and I know Fox Sports came out and issued a statement or whatever, but the bottom line is this hot take culture has gone too far. It has gone too far when a guy can't be vulnerable and say, you know what, this is what happened to me, and I don't want other people to feel this way. I don't want other people to feel alone. I don't want other people to feel like my brother felt or even I felt when they're dealing with grief. Because for some of us, there are some losses that are just too difficult to take. You know, I've always been a kind of person I always feel like that I can kind of move on. And then when my dad died, that is something that stays with you forever. Forever. You're not going to wake up one day and it'll be okay. It's like I tell people all the time, you never get over it. You just kind of get on with it. And some of those times in those early days after I lost him, I could hear him telling me, get up and get going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Don't sit around... And it helped me, you know, because I had such a good relationship with him. But I share all that with you to say this. If you're dealing with something, you're not the only one. And that's not to diminish what you're feeling. Because when I have been in deep pain, the last thing I wanted was somebody to kind of excuse my pain away. You know, when I'm feeling it and I'm dealing with it, I want my pain to be validated. I want somebody to say, you know what, I know you're hurting. I know you are. And somebody to understand. Because when you're feeling that way... You know, the depression kind of takes over and says, you know what, nobody cares. They don't get it. They don't understand. They say, oh, you know, well, everybody deals with that. At some point, we all lose our parents. And they try to diminish what you're going through. And that's what I saw yesterday with all this stuff with Skip Bayless, is he is trying to diminish what Dak has gone through. He did not show Dak the respect that he deserved as a human being. Forget the fact that he's a football player. Dak has had two major tragedies in his life and pretty, you know, pretty short time all the while trying to figure this nfl thing out all the while trying to negotiate you know a contract that'll set him up for life in the middle of all of that he has to deal with this and so i would feel this way about anybody maybe i'm a little bit uh, you know a little more upset about it because it is dak because we know what dak did for us had somebody tell me earlier you know it's like to, to be fair if you look in this modern generation you know, probably the three guys that have handled, you know, being superstars better than anybody else. You could make the argument, obviously, that uh, Derek Jeter, the shortstop for the New York Yankees, 
you know, a guy that played at uh, probably the most important position at the most prestigious franchise in all of sport and did it with such grace. And when he retired, I mean, it was like the game cried. Uh, you could make, you know, the, the same argument, you know, even for Eli Manning. You know, Eli Manning didn't have a great career, but the guy won a couple of Super Bowls and was MVP of a couple of Super Bowls. And you never heard a negative word about him off the field. And the New York media as a bunch of vultures. They're always looking for something, but you could tell that they kind of had his back. And you look at the situation in Dallas, you know, there's some people in the media that hadn't always been the kindest to Dak because, again, we got to get our hot takes out there. we got to get clicks. We're, we're, we're crappy writers, so we got to say something that, you know, inflammatory to get people to read our stuff. But, you know, Dak has handled all this with a tremendous amount of grace, and he did when he was here. And it's one of the things I'll share with you, too, about Dak when he was here. You know, known Dak since he was uh, 17 years of age. And I remember he told me when the iPhone 6 came out back in 14, and uh, he and I both got a phone same time just so happened to work out that way and uh we both had to go up there and then i got mine before him and he came to me the opportunity and uh he had his phone he was excited to have his phone and i had to go back the next day because there was something something wasn't right with the phone or whatever and uh they had to figure something out for me you know how it is not, not as technologically savvy as i'd like to be and the guy goes hey you know dak was in here yesterday and said many had to take a picture with everybody in the building you know, before he could leave. I mean, the guy's just going to get a phone. You know, his phone had gotten damaged, and he was upgrading his phone, and, and then everybody else is in there, and he's got to take a picture with every employee and every customer. And he graciously does it. And so when I think about the grace and the way that Dak Prescott handled himself, and I think about superstardom at Mississippi State, we've never had a brighter star than Dak Prescott. You could make a case for Jake Mangum. And that's the thing that I think about with those two guys who has handled superstardom better than those two in it, within our quarters? Jake Mangum took every picture, signed every autograph. And it was so interesting watching Jake become that guy. You know, he was always the humble kid from Pearl, Mississippi. But uh, you know, to watch him become the guy that uh, all the kids wanted their pictures. And, and sometimes after ball games, you know, the kids would get a little anxious. And... Jake would have, make an announcement, and he would say, hey, guys, I'm going to stay until everybody gets their picture taken and everybody gets their stuff signed, so y'all just relax. Because all his kids were thinking, oh, well, I, I just want a piece. I just want a memory with Jake Mangum. And I think about how blessed that we've been. And so when people get critical of our guys, and they'll always be our guys, always, we get a little defensive, and I think that's okay because I'll, I'll share with you there's a lot of people out there that as soon as these guys are out of our program, there are a lot of people that say, okay, well, that's, that, that's done. Okay. And so if they get into trouble, people would say, well, you know, well, he's, you know, he's not, not a rebel anymore, right? Right? He behaved when he was here. Uh, I think it's a lifelong designation. I don't think it's like I get so irritated about the, the former Bulldog. No, no, no. There's no former Bulldog. There are former Bulldog players, but there are no former Bulldogs. If you've ever worn the maroon and white, if you've ever got out there and been a part of our family, you're always a part of our family. You might be, you know, the family tree might get pruned a couple times. You might transfer or whatever, but we remain grateful for your contributions to Mississippi State. I mean, I, I can think of countless guys. I've got a memory associated with a play or a game, and I think, you know what, this is what they gave me. This is the memory that I have because of them. 
You need to make some new memories, too, and Campus Bookmart can help you do that. Campus Bookmart will help you outfit your family for the upcoming season. It's only 10 games. You get five chances to wear your maroon in Davis Wade Stadium if you're lucky. But whether you're going to be at the game or not, you got to rep the Bulldogs on Maroon Friday, which is today, and then on game day. So you need to get some new threads. Mom, Dad, the kids are probably already outgrown what you got them last year. Everybody loves Mississippi State gear. Order some for yourself as well as your kids at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Barnyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. They have new masks. They even got the black state mask now. You know, people like those. Uh, if you got to wear your, your, your jersey, right, with your Maroon Friday jersey, you got to have a mask that ma- matches. You can get the black one. You can get the maroon one. If we got to wear those masks, you might as well wear one that represents you and what you love. Campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So today was supposed to be the day that MJ Daniels was going to announce his uh, commitment. If you are a member of jeanspage.com, you'll know that Paul Jones and I both have tried to kind of prepare everybody. This is going to be a wild ride until signing day. And he may even be the kind of guy that waits and signs late. And, you know, just listen. This is going to be a process that Bulldog fans need to kind of prepare for. It's going to be one that is going to have a lot of ups and downs. But I, I believe that he's worth it. I, I think, you know, he, obviously, he's, like all kids, he's got some refinement to do skill-wise. He's got to grow up a little bit. But he has the athletic ability to really help move Mississippi State forward. He committed to early Ole Miss early on. He didn't have anything else going. And then South Alabama and Southern Miss and Mississippi State and Texas A&M. Then all of a sudden – those schools offered, and he goes, you know what, I need to kind of rethink this. And listen, it's nothing against Ole Miss, but I might have shortchanged myself by taking the first offer that came along. So let me kind of work through the process. We've kind of worked through the process, and, and much to the chagrin of those in the red and blue, Ole Miss has really not been in favored status. They've, they have been in the mix, and I think some of that is uh, some of these kids got to say whatever they have to to try to survive. But uh, – the talk earlier this week when he announced that he was going to uh, make his commitment on Friday, the final two were not State and Ole Miss. It was State and Arkansas. Well, Arkansas didn't extend an offer to him, I think, until around July 15th, shortly after he had uh, decommitted officially from Ole Miss. But we had been hearing for months that he was going to back off of that Ole Miss commitment, that it was a commitment in, in word and not deed, that he committed early on but was still very much in contact with other schools and coaches and kind of discussing the possibility of playing there. And so before the night was over, he decided, you know what, after talking to friends and family, and I'm going to wait and make my decision in December. And, and listen, even if he had committed to Mississippi State today, there would, the process was going to continue all the way to December. Now, I don't know that he signs in December. I don't know that he signs in Mississippi State. But I would submit to you right now, Mississippi State is in a better position with M.J. Daniels than they have been at any point. Now, there was some discussion back during the summer when State was absolutely rolling on a recruiting trail that M.J. Daniels might just straight up flip from Ole Miss to Mississippi State. Uh, That didn't happen, and I think it's probably for the best because I think that probably would have been an emotional decision. When he announced his uh, top – Six, I guess, Mississippi State was not mentioned. And, of course, some in the Ole Miss media took that as an opportunity to pounce and say, hi, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, I submit to you they don't know what they're talking about because everything with MJ Daniels has kind of been eventful, shall we say. And so 
I was told then, even when he announced his top six, that, oh, you know, well, Mississippi State's going to be in the top three. And I'm thinking, how does it make sense? How does it make sense? Well, it makes sense because this is a 17, 18-year-old kid, young man, trying to figure these things out. And so to, his top six today is not a final six. That's the top schools he's thinking about right now. Well, then he announces the top four. And guess what? Mississippi State was right back in there. State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Georgia. And then, of course, you get to the final two, and then there's Arkansas, who had, wasn't mentioned with a top six or a top four or whatever. And so I say that to kind of prepare you for this. It is going to be an up-and-down deal with MJ Daniels. He has added some size, but I still think he can play corner. I do believe eventually he grows into a safety. And the way Mississippi State runs a 3-3-5, that's fine. We put our best five defensive backs on the field and figure out where they can play. If I had to call it today, I believe he's a bulldog. The difference is, though, he's a very impressionable young man. And so I think the visits are going to be big. I think he's a guy that will take visits. You know, if visits are not allowed, it probably works well for Mississippi State. And not because the state's going to give a bad visit. But I think this is the kind of guy that he, he might make a decision based on the last person he talks to. Just because I think, you know, he, he kind of rides the wave of emotion. And so with that in mind, he was here last weekend. And you say, well, Steve, what do you mean? He can't be here. We can't have visitors on campus. That's true. But his cousin, Dylan Lawrence, plays for Mississippi State at safety. And so MJ has been up here two of the last four weekends and spent some time with uh, Dylan and, and the other players and uh, has spent some time socially. And so that's where you begin to look at this and say, okay, if he's been here two of the last four weekends and then fresh off a visit to campus, he goes, okay, I'm ready to make the call. Uh, and I believe in the end, and this is based on some things that I'm told, so it's somewhat of an educated opinion, is that he only wants to commit one more time. But he still wants to take visits. He still wants to enjoy the process. And so he was advised, you know what, if that's what you want to do, then you don't need to make a commitment. Wait until you've done all the stuff that you want to do. Wait until you've taken your visits and you've taken your trips and had a chance to eat a few steak dinners and dance with some pretty girls, and then make an informed decision. Don't make a decision. Don't don't commit to Mississippi State and then go take official visit to Ole Miss. And so it's probably the best thing that happened because that's no matter who he committed to on Friday, the process isn't going to be over. He is one of those guys that is going to ride the wave and I believe he's not done adding offers anyway. And so let's say that he commits to State or Ole Miss, and then all of a sudden, you know, LSU or Alabama gets involved or Auburn gets involved, and all of a sudden we've got to restart the process again. That's what I would anticipate happening. Uh, but, again, he is a very talented player. But I, would, I will submit to you today, I don't think Mississippi State has ever been in a better position with MJ Daniels than they are right now today. I think State is the team to beat. That may be different a week from now. But as of today – that's how it looks. And had he pushed through and made an announcement today, I believe it would have been Mississippi State. Again, Arkansas kind of new to the party. Only really been involved with him about 60 days. But uh, listen, Arkansas and Sam Pittman have done a good job so far recruiting. They certainly have. And uh, and here's the thing, too. Chad Morris did a good job recruiting, too. But, uh, you know, Arkansas at some point is going to turn it around, uh, which kind of leads me into the final topic of the day. You know, we talked earlier this week about some people that have said some you know, pick Mississippi State to be last in the West. You know, preseason lists don't mean anything. Zero. You know, when we, when we won the West in 1998, we were picked six in the West, and we won the West. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I expect Mississippi State to win the West this year. Mississippi State's not finishing last in the West. 
Mississippi State's got too much talent, too much talent in the coaching ranks and too much talent in the locker room to finish last. It's, 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 it's a ludicrous assertion. Arkansas is a train wreck, but they should be better on offense with Felipe Franks as young receivers and Raheem Boyd being back. But defensively, they were among the worst teams that we've seen in the SEC. And listen, they'll be a little bit better. I'm kind of glad we're getting them early before they get some things figured out and see a lot of tape of us. But uh, it's like I see people say, well, I expect Arkansas to go to Starkville and win that game. Uh, I don't know if you realize that Arkansas hadn't won a road game in forever. And the last two times that they have come to Mississippi State, it has, or the last two times they've played Mississippi State, home or away, it has been an absolute bloodletting. You don't make up a 52-6 to six type ball game uh, in one year's time. It just doesn't happen that way. Not to mention Mississippi State defensively wasn't what we expected them to be last year. But we played well enough to go up there in Fayetteville and, and beat them. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, again, I'm excited about the ball game. I'm excited about the season. But there's so much of that discussion out there. It's like right now, it, it, so we're, we're in the prime season for the hot take culture because there's no games being played. It's like I always used to joke, this is Ole Miss's favorite time of year because they can say whatever they want to, but they don't have to go play a game. And so, you know, this is good and this is great or whatever, and there's nothing to hold them accountable. But those days are coming. Guys, we're two weeks away from SEC football. We'll be on the road to play LSU and Baton Rouge. One of the things that I think is important to understand about the culture shift you're seeing at Mississippi State, Mike Leach beat number one Texas in Lubbock. Then Mike Leach turned around and beat Oklahoma. By the time we get to Baton Rouge, your players will believe they can win the game. We're not going down there to just play it close. And I'm not saying we expect to win the game. But I fully expect your players to be mentally and physically prepared to go play this ball game. There have been some times we've shown up down there to play LSU and we, we kind of almost, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's not going to be the case with Mike Leach. He will have these guys breathing fire by the time they get down there. They will have repped this out, repped this out, and they'll know exactly what to expect. I don't know if we executed at the proficiency we need to to win the game, but I fully expect that game to be very competitive. I didn't think so maybe a month ago. I thought we might be able to stay with them for a half. But one of the things about competition is, is it's belief. If you prepare the right way and you show up with the right mental attitude, you begin to realize, you know what, I'm just as good as these guys. There's no way they worked harder than us. We've got a chance to go in here and beat these guys. And, you know, if you get off the bus and you think we're fixing to get boat raced, that's what's going to happen. But if you get off the bus and say, you know what, let's go see what happens. Let's just go measure up here and I'll do my best, you do your best, we'll figure it out. But I fully expect – Mike Leach and his group to have an edge. And if you haven't watched the Zach Arnett uh, video from last night, you certainly should. Zach Arnett's a guy that plays with an edge. You know, one of the things that I think sometimes, too, and for Joe Moorhead and to a certain extent Bob Shoup, I think sometimes they may have been a little bit too analytical. You get caught up with the analytics and you get caught up with the numbers and that sort of stuff and tendency. Sometimes you just got to line up and play football. And when it becomes a dogfight, usually the guy with the edge wins the game. You may not have the information. But if you have the edge, sometimes you can beat back other people's tendencies. And when I see Zach Arnett, sure, we're going to work through tendencies and we're going to work through film review. But at the end of the day, you need a leader, a guy that these, these players believe in. And I believe they have that in Zach Arnett. I really do. He has some instant credibility because he's played in this scheme. He's coached the scheme. He understands the scheme. 
by the time we get to Baton Rouge, I think they're going to be chomping at the bit to get after Miles Brennan. You know what? LSU will have uh, some adjustments, and they'll have some things ready to get after us. But if you believe Mississippi State's going to show up scared at Tiger Stadium, I don't think you know Mike Leach well. That's going to do it for today. Look forward to being with you guys next week. If you hadn't done so, please go to alphadogsthebook.com and pre-order your copies, copies with an S. You can get Flim Flam and Stark Villains there. Excited about some things that we're working on for the future. Uh, we'll have some announcements sooner rather than later. Got a couple things that uh, we're kind of working through, and uh, I'll share those with you. There was I was considering not writing a book next year, maybe just uh, doing a book of poetry. I'm going to do the book of poetry. Might end up writing a book next year too. So be ready for that. Be a little something different, though, than what I've done in the past. So just be prepared for that. So alphadogsthebook.com, and you can find your Stark Villains gear. And I have people all the time that ask me, Steve, where do you get the Stark Villain shirts? Starkvillains.com. Simple as that. Go order them today. If you live locally, you can get them in your school colors. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.